So welcome to Plodcast episode 78. It's uh, been a long and interesting journey. Uh, don't know how you guys put up with it, but th- thank you for sticking uh, sticking with it. it. Well, unless you just joined us, then you, you don't get don't get that kind of gratitude. But if you've been here from the beginning, if you've listened to all 77 thus far, you're about to hear uh, number 78. So, podcast episode 78. Welcome. So, I, I wanted to begin by talking about um, uh, South City Church in St. Louis. Um, this uh, controversy just broke a few days ago, and so by the time you hear this, you might you, you may know more than I do, or there may be more um, uh, more information that's come out. But basically, uh, I don't know what it is with St. Louis and the PCA. Uh, there's something in the water there. There's some something wrong. Something not good. But uh, of course, the uh, there was a a PCA church in the St. Louis area that hosted the Revoice um, conference this last summer, and there was a big hue and a cry about that. And I have not heard it. Uh, of any kind of resolution from that. And just recently, it came out, just a few days ago, it came out on uh, online that that a, uh, uh, another PCA church in the St. Louis area, South, uh, South City Church, was hosting a, an event uh, sponsored by uh, um, a group called Faith for Justice that was one of the, one of the founders of that group was um, Michelle Higgins, the... Um, daughter of the pastor, Mike Higgins, and Mike Higgins, the pastor, is on the board of this outfit, and they were um, hosting an event where uh, an active lesbian uh, speaker was coming in in order to equip or train the saints on on how to uh, mourn the death of trans uh, um, transsexual folk. So um, this came out online, and there was, um, there was, well, there wasn't, I can't say there was a hue and a cry. There were a couple of blogs that addressed it, Denny Burks and mine, and there was a, a guy on Facebook who I think may, may have broken the story, um, uh, Foster. And so there was some, there was enough of a hue and a cry, let's put it this way, for the uh, session of South City Church to meet and talk about it and issue a statement. So I, without getting into the event itself or the speaker who's going to be at the event, I just want to uh, make a few comments about the statement that South City Church has made and um, and talk about how basically how lame it is, how, how mealy-mouthed uh, it is. Here, here's something. Uh, let me just read the first paragraph of their statement. In the past few days, the session and pastoral staff of South City Church became aware of details concerning an event that was to be hosted on its property on January 20th, 2020, uh, 2019, sponsored and organized by Faith for Justice, a Christian advocacy and social justice organization. Upon being informed of the details of the event, the session and pastoral staff met and determined that some of the planned elements within this particular event appeared to be inconsistent with South City Church's theological convictions. We have thus determined that South City Church's facility should no longer be used for the Faith for Justice event, originally scheduled for January 20th. At no point was the event a South City Church event or part of a South City Church worship service. So, uh, and then near the end of the statement, 
we have this. It says, um, further, we believe hateful and harassing attitudes directed toward any of God's image bearers, including LGBT plus people, are to be repudiated. So I, th there are just several things that I want to uh, point out about this statement. Right? The first is how tepid uh, the statements in the first uh, paragraph are upon, and how much wiggle room remains within that uh, statement. Upon being informed of the details of the event, so we knew something about the event, we knew the broad outlines, we knew what was going on, but there's some details that, uh, that sort of got, got us checkmated. The session and pastoral staff met and determined that some of the planned element, elements, not all, but some of the planned elements within this particular event appeared to be inconsistent. What do you mean appeared to be? They were inconsistent. <laughs> what do you mean? Appeared to be. This, this is just as um, lame as it gets. Upon being informed of the details of the event, the session and pastoral staff met and determined that some of the planned elements within this particular event appeared to be inconsistent. We might say within parentheses, after due consideration at the end of the day when all uh, when all accounts have been considered, uh, on the one hand, uh, on the one hand, ism, and on the other hand, ism, with South City Church's theological convictions, and it's pretty apparent from the preceding statement that the word convictions uh, there needs to be put in quotation marks. So here's the other. Um, the, in the last paragraph, I want to say uh, something about um, their their stand against hateful and harassing attitudes directed toward any of God's image bearers, including LGBT plus people. Now, every Orthodox Christian believes that the image of God is to be honored and respected in every image bearer. That means your worst enemy. That means that, means that everybody that you encounter bears the image of God and and you're not supposed to be spiteful or hateful or malicious or evil toward them. That's granted. But uh, you need to see and pick up on how this way of framing it takes that important truth and twists it, uh, sending us off in a wrong direction. We believe, would they say, we believe hateful and harassing attitudes directed toward any of God's image bearers, including editors of neo-Confederate newsletters, and LGBT plus people are to be repudiated. Are editors of neo-Confederate newsletters image bearers? Do they bear the image of God? Well, yes. Are they, uh, is that image to be honored and respected? Well, yes, just as it is when a conservative Christian interacts with uh, open homosexual. Of course, the, one of the reasons why um, uh, one of the reasons why we're so concerned about this and why we oppose this kind of sexual expression so much is precisely because these people are image bearers. So the, um, this is a coy way of steering us toward um, a, a, an inability to condemn the sin that is exhibited by LGBT plus people. And, I, and notice how that plus is creeping into more and more 
communication. What's in there? What's under that plus? What does that plus include? What sexual perversion is not included in that under that plus? Necrophilia, sex dolls, bestiality. What what's under that plus? Would someone please define it for us? In short, let me just put it this way: um, the controversy, initial controversy, the initial event is bad enough. But anybody who wants to know whether or not the PCA is circling the drain needs to look at responses like this one um, uh, delivered out in public by South City Church. And they need to look at whether this lame excuse, this lame statement is going to be accepted. Is it going to be good enough so that they don't run afoul of their presbytery? Uh, I believe the answer is yes, it will be good enough. I don't think it will be good enough for thoughtful observers, but I think it will be good enough for the PCA. So continuing uh, with uh, podcast episode 78, I come to our book review. Now, this this uh, this book review is a little bit off the beaten path. It's... Um, uh, well, I'll, exp- I'll explain. This this small book is a book uh, by my father, and it's called How to Be Free from Bitterness. How to Be Free from Bitterness. Uh, and I want to tell the story of how this book came about uh, and then uh, a little bit about it. Uh, so uh, my dad has been uh, a conference speaker. He's now now 91, but over the years, he was a, uh, over the decades, he was a conference speaker before he became a uh, before he became a pastor and as a conference speaker one of the talks that he developed that he would um, deliver at various conferences was this talk on how to be free from bitterness one of the things that characterizes my dad's ministry over the years over the decades has been an emphasis on basic practical christianity how to honor and respect your parents how to confess your sins how to deal with bitterness and, and so on, and this so this was one who, one of his um, standard go to talks that he would deliver at these conferences that he would do, and and it always got a big reaction because when you gather up a group of Christians, the chances are pretty good that everybody in the room is dealing with bitterness in one way or another. Uh, it's a very common temptation. It's a tem- temptation and sin. That can blend in nicely in a church community, in um, in in the way that an open attending of orgies orgies would not uh, say. So there's certain church uh, disreputable sins as far as church life is concerned, and then there are sins, uh, you know, prayer requests, uh, gossip disguised as prayer requests. Uh, bitterness disguised as zeal for truth and, and so on. So bitterness is unfortunately very common in many, many churches. So uh, giving a talk on this, how to deal with bitterness, is kind of like hitting the ground with your hat. It's not that, not that hard to, to deliver a talk that is potent and powerful. But even though it's not that hard, um, it requires a good, goodish bit of courage. You need to go straight up the middle. So um, a number of years ago, I get well, actually a number of decades ago, um, we had this uh, tape floating from one of Dad's uh, 
conferences. The tape was floating around, uh, cassette tape, the old school. Um, and this uh, cassette tape, How to Be Free from Bitterness, was something I, I picked it up and I had the idea somewhere. I had, I had my secretary transcribe uh, the talk and uh, type it out. And then I went through and edited it and, you know, cleaned it up, you know, um, talks as they are delivered uh, verbally, sometimes have incomplete sentences and various things. So I, I went through, uh, cleaned it up, edited it, and all this without telling my dad. So um, we then uh, uh, shipped off, uh, went, you know, had it typeset shipped it off to a printer, designed a cover for a booklet, How to Be Free from Bitterness. And um, I think we ordered like uh, 2,000 of them. And uh, and so we had a stack about three feet high, a couple of boxes thick of these booklets that got delivered to our office. And so I called my dad and said, hey, you want to, when you have a chance, do you want, do you want to come by the office and um, I want to show you something? And so he showed up at the office, and I gave him. I said, "You know, hey, look at this book you wrote. <laughs> look at look at this thing you wrote. How to be free from bitterness." Well, um, that encouragement was all my dad needed. Since that time, uh, the uh, if you go to CCM Community Christian Ministries um, website, there are uh, it's been translated into like fifteen to twenty languages. Uh, uh, CCM has distributed hundreds of thousands of copies of How to Be Free from Bitterness. Uh, one of the, there's a main um, uh, distribution channel is, is sending it to penitentiaries and prisoners and and uh, so forth. Uh, Canon Press has a version of the book in um, in book form. CCM publishes it in sort of a a newsprint uh, magazine-sized format, How to Be Free from Bitterness. Um, but in in uh, whatever format, it's gone all over the place. It's just been a very uh, effective and potent tool. The thing that's so effective about this is that uh, in this booklet, Dad basically says, uh, look, the Bible says not to be bitter. Uh, put away all bitterness. Don't be bitter. And there's an optical illusion that when, when we don't do that, it's because of an optical illusion. When, when I, let's say I were to shoplift something, whenever I thought about what I did, it would be, um, uh, what I would think about is my shoplifting, my stealing. If I told a lie to somebody, whenever I thought about the situation, what I would think about, what would come to mind is my lie. But if someone lies about me, and they, and they spread the lie all over town. Whenever I think of the situation, I don't think of my bitterness. I think of their lie. That's the optical illusion. It's misdirection. It's the, bitterness is the kind of sin that immediately, as soon as you're in that territory, you're thinking about what somebody else did to you. And here's the problem. You can confess somebody else's sin all day long, and your joy doesn't return. In order to deal with bitterness, you have to confess it as though the bitterness were your own and as though the bitterness were your own sin. And that's what this booklet does. And it does it in a, in a winsome, powerful, straight-up-the-middle kind of way. Many, many people 
have been delivered from bitterness uh, through reading this booklet and being confronted with the reality that bitterness is your problem, not the other person's problem. Even if the other person genuinely sinned against you, your bitterness is your problem. And oftentimes when you're bitter, it turns out at the end of the day that the other person didn't genuinely sin against you. It was just your bitterness uh, projecting sin onto them. Somebody once said that bitterness is like uh, eating a box of rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. Um, It doesn't work that way. And so um, uh, you can go to CCM's website to get um, a copy of this. You can order it from Canon Press, How to Be Free from Bitterness by Jim Wilson. Hamartiology. This is the section of our podcast where we are working our way through the New Testament, talking about all the different sins that are listed and the Greek, the Greek word that uh, uh, the Greek word that corresponds to those sins that are listed in the New Testament. In uh, in Romans one. Paul gives a list of sins, and this is a very common thing for him. He frequently gives us a small library of sins, a small catalog of sins. But in this list, it is striking that the characteristic note in this particular list is that of venom. Among other things, he chastises maliciousness, envy, murder, malignity, whispering. That's all verse 29. And then backbiting in verse 30 being without natural affection, implacable, and unmerciful, verse 31. And our focus today is this last word, unmerciful. Uh, this is the rendering of anelemon, uh, and this is, the, let me break that down, anelemon, excuse me, there we go. Um, uh, and this is a word that occurs once in the New Testament, and that's here. Those who love God love to show mercy. Those who hate him are unmerciful. Uh, The devil is an accuser, and he hates mercy. God delights in mercy, and people show themselves readily to be of the devil's party um, by an unmerciful attitude. That's one of the the main banners that, uh, that will fly above the devil's regiments. You've spent a pleasant half hour with podcast proprietor Douglas Wilson. This podcast is produced by Canon Press. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. To hear more from Doug, please visit canonpress.com.